Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Better than this, guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. We hope you had a great weekend. Uh, we are just counting down weekends until football season is here. And uh, I'm looking forward to that because I'm finding myself watching NASCAR and hockey and basketball and the the tennis match, uh, the French Open. So please, football season, get here quick because I'm ready to move on from the supplemental sports. Kyle, happy Monday. What's going on? Happy Monday, man. You act like we don't have, like, boatloads of tape to watch, though. Oh, we do. We do. But, you know, the background filler stuff is, is, uh, you know, the Mets suck this year. Even though they just took, sorry to hear that they just took three in a row from the Braves. So um, wow, congratulations! Well, you, know, you want a participation medal? Well, it's it counts three in the in the W column. So uh, oh, yeah, climbing you got back you. towards five hundred. Team's getting healthy. Yoan the Cespedes is back. Well, yeah, he's he's a monster, and I don't get like I guess because it's New York, the expectation was high, but like aren't they like right around five hundred right now? Uh, you. They were, you would think that team is 30 games under 500 with the way people talk about well, it. Well, when you have the best pitching staff in baseball in an Apparently offense, you don't. well, you, on paper going into the season, it was that way. And, and, and really, it's the, the best team offensively they fielded in three seasons. And they were 25 and 32 going into the Brave series. Uh, so they're 28 and 32 now. They'll be just fine. They'll be at a wild card team. Well, thank you. Um, how, about, how about Aaron Judge, though? Did oh. you see any? Did you see any of the bombs he hit this year? Dude, season? 495? Yes. Sick. That guy, oh, my Lord. Like, you would think for being such a big guy that he would not have the bat speed that he has to really get around on some of those fastballs, but he just crushes balls. It's amazing. <laughs> He's yeah. he, he is like the next face of Major League Baseball. 
like the Mike Stanton, what we thought he was going to become until he just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, he was. He had so much positive momentum and kept getting hurt. And I feel bad for it because he got hit. He got drilled in the face with that fastball. Yeah. And that was like, it seemed like that really derailed his confidence at the plate as far as consistency with his hitting. Um, he's He's been on your fantasy keeper team for several years. So you're following <laughs> his career closely. Yeah. Well, no, I had him and then I traded him away. Oh, okay. And I have him back this year. I'm real excited about it. It's my first year with Giancarlo in like three years. Okay. Um, I, I do have uh, Matt Harvey though. So <laughs> as a keeper, I trade him. He's like a two dollar keeper. Yeah, uh, he's, he's like a, he's not he putting two- uh, he's not putting together a season that you want to like put him in your lineup at all. So eighty games. What is he? Seventy games in ish. Oh, I don't know. 80. We go by weeks in fantasy baseball. Yeah, you know that's my first week of head to or my first year of head to head, and I, and I'm pissed that there's playoffs. Like. We don't need playoffs. To, that, if yes, you, beat, you do. No, if, no if, Joe, I was the eight seed last year. I came home the champion. And that's why you shouldn't win. Right now, I'm dominating my fantasy baseball league, and I'm already thinking about losing in the playoffs because it's I had a mentality. bad pitching week, or and I was the best team all year long. You know what? Pitching, pitching's tough because, like, the, consistently a couple of the best teams in the league just stream pitchers. Uh-huh. Because it's such a crapshoot anyway. You just kind of concede – uh, like your ERA and WHIP, and say, okay, I'm going for strikeouts, wins, and quality starts. You can stream and just pick guys up off the free agent wire every single day of the week yeah. and guarantee yourself to win half the pitching category. Better playing a crap team or something. Exactly. That way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a total crapshoot. Yeah, we have a three a three pickup uh, max per week to try to see. Guard I wish my that. league did that, and I know my guys are listening, so do <laughs> it. So, um. To, to circle this back around the football, before we get into 2018, guys, uh, Joe, I had a question yesterday on Twitter, which I was disappointed that you didn't chime in on, right? <laughs> it was uh, Bill O'Brien. There were some clips from a Bill O'Brien coaches clinic tape uh, that he was talking about throwing mechanics and you know deciphering split safeties and how to read that defense. And it was just gold. You know, if you're a football junkie, that kind of stuff, just eat it up. Joe, by the way, that's uh, on the way. I purchased that for NET. Oh, so, beautiful. Very yeah, nice. I, I pulled some strings. Thank you. Um, so it kind of got the juices flowing. And the question that I had was if you discount Bill Belichick, because I feel like he would be on everybody's short list, if you could pick three active coaches to sit down and talk football with for a day, who would they be? And mine were Bill O'Brien, Nick Saban, and Adam Gase. So uh, is it my time to reveal my three since I let you down by not responding to your tweet? Yeah, I was disappointed you didn't chime in yesterday, so now i got to know. i got to know who's on your list. I'm feeling good about this. Um, and, and I think this is in order. Uh, number one, Wade Phillips. He was on a lot of people's lists. Was he? Okay. Yeah. Number two, Matt Canada, LSU offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Oh, dude, I'm in love with that dude's scheme. Uh, and he is he's one of those fiery guys. He just says the coolest stuff. They got a lot of clips and sound bites of him uh, coaching, and, and he's a guy I just want to spend time with. Uh, number three, I uh, had, to, had to go with, the, with an oddball here. Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State. He's a man. He's 40. He's 40. He's 40. <laughs> that's, he's, um, he's one of the <laughs> underrated college football coaches, I feel like. 
And he has uh, a mullet, you know? And he's, he, he knows how to party. You know he – like, I would love to get him and Lane Kiffin in a room together. <laughs> Sit down with those two and a keg and talk yeah. college football. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd be that fun. would be a rager. Um, yeah, I got a lot of Wade Phillips. I got a lot of Pete Carroll. Oh, why? Uh, I don't know. I that's not a good that, one. That surprises me. Why? I he, like Pete. Do, I mean, I'm not saying I don't like him. I don't want to – I thought a lot about personality – when I thought about my guys, you know, all these guys are smart football people. I get that. Yeah. But I thought about the guys that would be fun, you know, and uh, I did. Just... Well, I'm surprised you didn't go Coach Ogeron then. Um, or do you have to understand what he's saying for? Yeah, cameras? that's true. Uh, you know, the first, <laughs> the first off the list was Rod Marinelli. To be, to be honest with you, he he's yeah. number four. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of Jim Schwartz too. Oh, that's a good. I'm pissed. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one right there. Yeah. And if you uh, can loosen him up, man, you know he's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we sat a couple rows behind mm-hmm. him at Senior Bowl practices this past mm-hmm. year, and he was pretty animated talking with the guys he was sitting with, yeah. kind of digesting the guys on film. I've got a man crush on Jim Schwartz. Uh, so yeah. Well, see, uh, so sounds like you dropped the ball. I did. I didn't think of Jim Schwartz. But how, who are you taking Mike Gundy off the list to talk to Jim Schwartz? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough for me. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I I also got um. A good amount of Adam Gase. I was surprised how many people had him. I thought that was kind of like an off-the-wall answer for me. Um, so but it what, seems like every, everybody recognizes, like, schematically, he's just like a total chameleon. So is that what it is? Because is, I don't think he'd be, like, fun. Is it just the X's and O's? Well, and... you know, you know what? Because obviously I follow the Dolphins program pretty closely, and uh, Gase is very matter-of-fact. And I appreciate he's got a level of transparency to him that a lot of head coaches haven't. And maybe it's just from my perspective being in in Miami where like the coach Philbin years were like super hush hush and they didn't talk about anything scheme wise. So to get a guy in there like Gase who will talk very openly and candidly about X's and O's and personnel and the roster that's in place and the thought process behind how they're putting their game plans together. uh, I appreciate that. And then I, from an X's and O standpoint, like, how he's able to tailor his play calling so effectively is what really drew him up the list for me. Uh, did anybody in your responses, and if so, they need to delete their accounts, anybody say Rex or Rob Ryan? I do not believe so. <laughs> good. I don't believe I got a single Rex Ryan, no. Good, good, good. Yeah, I knew that. I, I thought for sure Rex, Rob, and uh... – Doug Marone, we're going to be here three oh, for your yeah. final answers. My three, the, my three favorite people on the earth right there. Yep. Adios. You know, it's funny. There's a lot of former Bills head coaches that are now head coaches or in the NFL, like uh, Doug Marone and Mike Malarkey, both head coaches. I'm yeah. not sure that there's a, another team that can say they have two retreats uh, as. Uh, you know what? Malarkey's fun, though. He, he, he what they're fun. doing in Tennessee has a chance to be really fun. I liked Mark. He resigned. It was one of the most disappointing days of my life. Uh, he was super creative, and, and what he was able to do with – it was Willis McGahee, Drew Bledsoe, and uh, Lee Evans were the, were the trio Was there. Was Eric Mould still there? Uh, tail end of his career, yeah, just, okay. at, just at the very yeah. end. And Peerless Price? Uh, Peerless Price came back. I'm not, I'm not sure if it was exactly in that time frame, but it, it probably was, so – I hated that team, just so you know. Uh, for for eight games, that there was some good offensive production there. Um, yeah, but defense. That's like there. back in 05 or 06 when like Gus Farrat came in and played QB for Miami. 
and they came back yeah, and I, won that game. Yeah, it was he, Sage he, Rosenfels, Kyle. Stop. It was. Stop. I'm not kidding. I'm I'm not talking about that specific game. Okay. I'm talking about you know there, there's a stretch like the we're talking about the glory days like a decade ago okay. when you know some uh, unexpected heroes came into our lives like Michael <laughs> Markey and Gus Farad. Uh, <laughs> that's why we're draft guys. I was gonna say that speaks <laughs> volumes to why we are where we are right now. Oh, Shall man. we talk some draft here? Got some twenty. After, after I just give a little bit of love to oh. Randy, uh, Randy McMichael and Chris Chambers. Those oh. those are my guys on those old school Dolphins teams. Chambers, what did he have? Like twelve inch hands or something stupid? Yeah, so Matt, he was like under. He was like five eleven, <laughs> like eleven inch hands. Yeah, he had some crazy Spider Man catches, he but he did. He did. He couldn't put anything together consistently. He was fun. He was fun. So we've. Uh, NFL draft here. We we want to get into some of the senior tape that we've been studying and putting out reports on uh, for NDTScouting.com. And so I'll get things started here. One of the players I want to talk about here today is Oklahoma Edge Agbanya Okoronkwu. I uh, got a chance to do the deep dive into his film over the weekend. And uh, he's a fun player. Uh, one thing that I think, I guess maybe I <laughs> I gave some false uh, uh, false inclinations that you know this is a, a day one player or even a day two player. You know he's he has holes. He does not check all the boxes. But in terms of being a quick, twitched up, finesse pass rusher, you know he really does give you that element. You know he's he's he has good get off out of his stance. Uh, he knows how to reduce the surface area and, and make that offensive tackle think about keeping up with him around the edge track. And he's got good speed. Uh, and burst, and and he really knows how to how to really just kind of juke his way to the quarterback. Is be the best way I can say it. Uh, the issue with that is that's not super translatable to the next uh, level. You know, you kind of need a a power element, a a some length to go with that uh, to really you know make that your your bread and butter at the next level. So he's going to have to focus on really refining himself in the off-ball areas, particularly in coverage, where he's got the movement skills, but what he doesn't have is the reactionary skills and the awareness right now. He's a little bit late to pick up receivers into his zone. You can tell he's thinking a lot, and he gets stuck. You know, his feet just kind of deaden, and he's he's really just, you know, not has he doesn't have that natural feel in coverage. Uh, I do like him as a run defender when he can be clean, and, you know, when he can be that backside uh, pursuit player and chase down the play or, uh, you know, have a clean window to fill. He's really good in those uh, types of situations. But when he has to play through contact, you know, that's that's something that he kind of struggles with. So he's a player that has some uniqueness to him. He's not super big. He's like 6'1", or 240-something uh, pounds. So um, he's he's got tweener traits. He, he does in-between stuff. Uh, he's incomplete, but he's fun, and he has some some elements to his game that that are really nice that he can win with. So, be uh, interested to see if he kind of becomes more of a complete player this year for Oklahoma, and 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 in doing so, become a uh, more desirable NFL prospect. Right now, he's he's got a lot to prove, but he does got some you know some talent, some nice upside to work with. You know, that sounds like some of his strengths sound like Juan Price out of Pittsburgh. I haven't seen his tape yet, mm-hmm. Okoronwu. Um, but Price was a player that, you know, was kind of short area, twitchy, did not have length, won with finesse, and uh, you really saw his draft stock take a hit. So showing versatility, I think, will be a big thing for any player of that mold. 
sure. no matter how how effective you can be as a slasher. Um, I've got a guy in Jack Cicci from Wisconsin, and I got his name right this time. I actually uh, got his name wrong when we did the first walkthrough of our list, Joe. Uh, Jack Cicci is a walk-on from uh, Wisconsin, uh, went to a prep school in Minnesota, listed at 6'3", 233 pounds, and this dude is a technical stud. He plays sideline to sideline. He had a stretch in October uh, that was some of the best football uh, at linebacker that I've seen from 2016, uh, the, the 2016 season. Uh, he moves efficiently in space. He's not super fluid in his hips. Uh, very natural feel for navigating traffic and playing forward into the line of scrimmage. Uh, that really stood out to me, uh, whether it's between the tackles or scraping over top and getting into the boundary and protecting in the run game. Uh, he does both of those very well. Physical hitter, and he's tough. He played the last half of the Iowa game with a torn pectoral muscle and played the entire second half with it. Uh, just could not, literally couldn't use his arm at all, but he didn't come off the field. And uh, he, he missed the rest of the, the season after that, missed the final seven games. Uh, when he went out, he was Wisconsin's leading tackler for the season. Uh, so he was a big impact player. Uh, this is somebody that now comes into his redshirt senior season uh, with 11 starts under his belt. So he's got about a year of starting experience. Uh, hopefully he can get the chance to stay healthy. Uh, Joe, if he does, he's one of the big standouts coming back uh, on the defensive side of the ball for Wisconsin. He should be a production monster. And uh, I, I really, really, really like his film. You know, it's been a while since you followed up a, uh, a film session with a, a quick uh, message talking about how much you like the, the player, you know, so uh, I'm anxious to see Sitchi. I don't think he was a, um, a universal guy. So, I might have to carve out some time to, to get eyes on. I, I think you guy. should. You know, even though I dra- I smartly drafted him. Well, Wisconsin defenders, it's your thing, man. It, apparently, you know that and BYU kids. Right. <laughs> I think you should you should find some time. There's going to be some stuff coming on in DT scouting about him soon, though. Very good, very good. I am going to turn the uh, table here to Tennessee Volunteers tight end Ethan Wolf. Um, interesting player. He's um, the first ever. Tennessee volunteer, true freshman uh, to start a game at tight end. So that speaks volumes to, uh, you know, what he was able to do quickly to win over the coaching staff and get on the field. He's 6'6", 245. He doesn't have great production. He's not a guy that's really been targeted a lot in the passing game. Uh, Only 67 uh, catches and 35 career starts. So that's not a great number. Uh, Not even even two a a game. So, uh, you know, looking for him to get more involved uh, this coming season, that'll need to happen with all the losses that uh, Tennessee had. Uh, their skill players and quarterback is going to be new this year. And, uh, you know, so they're going to be resetting the, the deck there a little bit. So he'll be relied upon as a senior leader of that unit uh, to, to be more involved as a playmaker. And he's going to need to do that because, uh, you know, again, the limited production. But in that production, there was some traits that I was able to identify. I think he's got 
you know, I, I, I labeled my article about him that he's got a foundational skill set as a Sunday tight end, and he does. You know, he kind of uh, does all the, the things that you're looking for. He can block. Uh, he can run routes. He can catch. He's got good size. He can line up in line, H-back, uh, flex out in the slot. But he doesn't have any one area that he really stands out. He's kind of average across the board. Uh, knows how to kind of settle into to zone coverage and sit down and provide a target and uh, you know, leak out with good timing just to kind of create that dump down option. So, you know, you don't really get to see him separate and do run routes where he's creating, you know, space on his own, but he, he, he's very, uh, I guess, kind of just unheralded in that, in that, in him being able to do the routine things very well, which is important because you need that to keep the offense on schedule. But uh, there was some reps, which I highlighted in my piece for NDT scouting, where we saw the ball skills. We saw him able to win at the catch point and extend and, and be physical at the top of his route and, and uh, you know, work the seam and create some big plays. So not very often, uh, but uh, you saw the glimpses, and hopefully that will come together as a senior. The one area of his game that I thought was particularly good is how he blocks in space. I had uh, several uh, clips in my piece where he was able to, you know, lead block into a hole and, and root out a linebacker and get out into the boundary and uh, and make uh, make contact and execute blocks to create more offense for his teammates. So I like him as a move blocker. But the rest of the game, you know, looks it's solid, it's ordinary. But is he going to take a next stop as a senior? That's going to be important for him as he tries to solidify his draft stock in his final year at Tennessee. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to stick in the NCC for my last one. I'm uh, going to talk about uh, Arkansas quarterback Austin Allen. Uh, Allen is the brother of Brandon Allen, who came through the draft process uh, just a couple years ago. Uh, Austin is starting his second year as the starter uh, for the Razorbacks, and he's got a likable arm. Uh, he's got a lot of warts on tape as far as uh, situational football leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, his red zone passing, his third down passing, uh, both very rushed. They had a rushed feel, made a lot of throws that you just can't make, and he wasn't seeing the full field of play. Uh, but when he's under control in the pocket, uh, he's got a nice deep ball. He put a lot of balls right on guys' hands down uh, the sidelines, and he was very effective passing to the deep middle portion of the field. He saw that area very well. Um, he can extend plays. He can use his feet pretty effectively to slide around in the pocket. He's not a huge runner. Uh, his career rushing yardage is in the negative. So this isn't somebody that uh, is going to beat you a ton with his legs, but he can make a rusher miss. Uh, and just a little bit too much of that, like, I don't want to say Johnny Manziel because he's he's not the mobile player that Manziel was, but some of the the throws that are just you know get it out of my hand and expect a player to make a play in a low leverage situation, whether it's you know, throwing across his body into the middle of the field or throwing into an underneath zone defender who's squatting and hoping your your uh, receiver can make a play on those kinds of throws. Uh, too much of that, too much carelessness with the football. But if the game can slow down for him a little bit, he had respectable production this year. I think he finished with uh, 26 touchdowns passing and uh, 16 interceptions. Uh, he spread the ball to all areas of the field fairly well, uh, just really needs to clean up seeing the field of play. And if he can do that, 
uh, he has the chance to be one of the top passers in the SEC this year and really oh, build some positive momentum for himself. His uh, full assessment that I done, uh, I think it was last Saturday, Friday or Saturday I did, Alan, uh, you can catch over at NDTscouting.com uh, if you are an NDT Premium subscriber. So highly recommend you guys go over and check that out on Twitter. I did tweet out from Crossover, who is one of our sponsors of the show. They do tremendous uh, film compilation and, and breakdowns for us. They make our lives very easy. Uh, if you check my Twitter account at NDT Scouting, uh, you can find, I actually tweeted out his passing chart. So if you look at his overall, a uh, lot of green on that, a lot of, uh, in comparison to his contemporaries, a lot of positive production to all areas of the field. But if you start filtering and breaking down by red zone, and third down, you see a lot of red. So those situational things, and you see that on tape too, just need to get cleaned up. Yeah, he sounds like a player that could take the next step here. It's not a uh, – there's some positive buzz around him about you know him being a tough guy and you know mm-hmm. some of the plays that he made and was able to, to generate some good production against some of the better SEC defenses. So I'll be uh, anxious to get eyes on him soon. Yeah, I know that was a name that you had mentioned. So once I got around to him, I figured I would you know, give him some airtime. And I'm interested to see if you see the same stuff that I do, uh, because the dude is tough as nails. Uh, <laughs> he took more big shots than I think any uh, any of the other quarterbacks that I've watched so far this year. And that includes uh, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, um, getting ready to watch uh, some of the more smaller school kids. Uh, Josh Allen's also on that list of guys I've already watched a couple games on, uh, even though he's not on our PSO list for preseason uh, senior outlook. Um, another name that I watched and Allen takes big shots, but mm-hmm. he's willing, he's willing to take him and stare down the barrel of the gun, which yes. you really like to see. Uh, that is going to do it for us today here on draft dudes. Uh, we hope we kicked your week off, right? Uh, we are going to be continuing to work through this 2018 senior class. Uh, myself, Joe Marino, and John Ledyard of NDT Scouting and over at Locked On NFL Draft. Uh, going to continue to bring you guys uh, a lot of foundational work in June, July, and August. So we highly, highly recommend you guys check it out. Uh, not a lot of folks putting this amount of groundwork for draft-related materials out right now. We really hang our hats on that. It's something we're really trying to do is change the game, make this something uh, that is year round because the people that do it professionally do it year round. So why wouldn't we on the outside uh, if we want to be the absolute best that we can be? So that's our objective. Uh, We would love for you guys uh, to follow along for the ride. The best way you can do that is uh, hit subscribe. You know, whether you're listening on iTunes, on your phone, uh, listening through NDTScouting.com or FanRagSports.com, uh, you can subscribe on just about anything, whether that's Audio Boom, iTunes, Podbean, whatever. Uh, also, uh, please feel free to follow us on social media. Joe is at Marino, and I am at NDTScouting. Uh, we love interacting with you guys, as I said said i just threw a question out the other day went to dinner came back at like 50 notifications so that was uh fun i guess is the right word but a lot of great answers so it makes it fun to uh interact with all you guys and, and we really enjoy doing that i am kyle Krabs signing off with joe marino this is the draft dude podcast we will be back on wednesday with another episode enjoy your monday guys
You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Audible is making summer a little bit sweeter for Amazon Prime members. For a limited time, you can join for just $4.95 a month for your first three months and enjoy the stories you love outdoors. Use the Audible app and sit poolside with J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or hit the beach with Stephen King's The Outsider. You'll get one credit a month good for any audiobook. Exchange any you don't like. Summer is the perfect time for this Prime member offer. Get it now at audible.com slash prime. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.